Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. I'm Father Sean Wilson, and Julia Monin recently celebrated Christmas. Yes. So you too. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still celebrating. Oh, you got that right. Yeah. Yeah. This is the octave of Christmas. Eight days. Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. What? What a great time. It is. <sighs> it is. My husband's been playing a joke on me all week. Really? Yep. It doesn't sound like him. It sounds exactly like him. It does. <clears throat> Driving home from, you know, like uh, the Christmas party on Christmas Day. And just like that, Christmas is over. I wanted to punch him across the van. What's wrong with you? Christmas isn't over. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> He's just messing with me. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not over on Christmas Day. That's right. Did I hear him say something like, well, time to take down the decorations. Take, take it all down. It's over. Yeah. What's wrong with you? We're Catholics. We celebrate Christmas yeah. more than one day. Yeah. Oh. I like to do the 40 days. Yeah. 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 Until February February. 2nd, Mm -hmm. the presentation in the temple. Mm -hmm. So you can guarantee we're the last one with lights up in Freiburg Mm -hmm. every year. Mm -hmm. Your lights look great, by the way. Oh, thanks. When did you get those up? It was, um, I believe it was Gaudete Sunday. Nice. Yeah, it was a nice day. And Mm -hmm. Father Willig and I were both home. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, I started and then he kind of got home in the middle of it. And man, he, he... He's got no fear on an extension ladder, <laughs> which I really don't either. I, yeah. So normally I'm the one up on the top of the extension yeah. ladder and whoever I can find to help is one to make sure the whole thing doesn't fall over. Can um, I be that person next year? Sure, you can. <laughs> Sorry, no. But I mean, as long as he's here, yeah. we can tag team. So you sure. know, it's like you go up, then I go up, then you go uh, up, then I go up. Right. Yeah. So wow. it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, it looks great. Thanks. And Thanks. you celebrate. You celebrate till February second. I mean, but you got to at least celebrate through the octave. You know what at, I'm saying? At the very at least. the very minimum, right? And then maybe if you if you can't go all the way to February second, <clears throat> at least to the Epiphany. Yep. Right. So the Epiphany is the day we celebrate the Magi coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's Jesus's like manifestation, his Epiphany, mm-hmm. if you will, to the whole world. Mm-hmm. Right. So at the very least, we got to go the octave. Uh-huh. If you're feeling a little crazy, go to the Epiphany. And if you're feeling like, I just don't want to turn the page and just stay in this moment forever, <laughs> go to February 2nd, the presentation, because then you only have 20 more days till Lent begins right, this year. Right, so. right, right. The point being, there's more than one day to Christmas. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's the whole point. That's right. My son came home from school the other day and was like coloring a liturgical calendar from across the room. He's like, Mom, how many days are there of Easter? That's a great question because there's more than one. Let's have that discussion. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to That's know. That's great. Great question. Yeah. Oh, awesome. And reasons to celebrate, right? Oh, my like, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We fast when we fast. We feast when we feast. We are in the midst of a high feast. We be feasting. Yes. Right. Good. I know I am. Right. Right. Anyway, good stuff. Don't stop your feasting. <laughs> Eat some more food. Oh, man. How was that? Was that good? Do you think? Do you think um, we we're going to get copyright infringement for that? It it was so far from what the original is. I don't think so. But <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> it was so bad that I don't think so. But I don't know. Checks out. Checks. <laughs> we're goofy today. It's the, yeah. of course this feast. We're recording this in on the, in the morning, which morning yeah. podcasts we normally record in the end of a day so right and i'm i'm generally a morning person so <clears throat> you have more energy in the morning that's what you're saying yeah, yeah. yeah. right good so yeah okay anyway all right we should start let's though. do it we pray yep. in the name of the father and the son the holy spirit amen. amen lord we thank you for the incarnate word 
your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who comes to dwell among us. We ask that you may always keep us focused on this great mystery. We may marvel in his gift and that it may transform our lives, that your grace and your love and your power may transform our lives into virtue. We ask that you may send forth your Holy Spirit to guide us in this podcast, and we entrust all this time into your hands. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, today, we are going to paragraphs 1803 to 1811, the virtues, the human virtues. What a delightful little section. Wasn't it? Yeah. <sighs> Delightful little section, a lot of just like practical wisdom and what are the virtues and why are they important and how do we grow in them and good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you want to approach this today? Well, <clears throat> normally we talk about where we are, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So we're in the uh, we're in the third part of the catechism, mm-hmm. which is about moral mor- the moral life, mm-hmm. and uh, and the, that part that third part of the catechism is broken up into two sections. The first section is all about morality in general. The second section is basically breaking down the Ten Commandments. We're in the morality in general Okay, part. nice. Talking about the virtues. <clears throat> nice. So... And these being the we've we've talked in the past about the theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity, love. This is the human virtues, and in a particular way today we're talking about the cardinal, the four cardinal virtues. Um, this begins in 1803, quoting scripture, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. A virtue is an habitual and firm disposition to do the good. It allows the person not only to perform good acts, but to give the best of himself. The virtuous person tends toward the good with all his sensory and spiritual powers. He pursues the good and chooses it in concrete actions. The goal of a virtuous life is to become like God. So just a definition, Mm -hmm. scripture, whatever is good, whatever is honorable, think about these things, and then what actually is a virtue, the habit to do good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what the catechism and really Christianity and its reflection on the virtues actually is not original. So Aristotle, in his Nicomachean Ethics, describes the virtuous life rather beautifully, rather brilliantly, but from a philosophical perspective. And when the church finds the works of Aristotle, especially um, uh, Thomas Aquinas, like, oh, that's gold, right? Mm-hmm. And and even the, you know, the, the cardinal virtues before Thomas Aquinas have been incorporated into Christianity. But it's it's not something that, that we we was originated by us. You know, you can look centuries before Christ comes that um, philosophers had been reflecting on this. But when Christianity finds it's like, yep, we can use this. Let's draw it into uh, into our own moral life. And then, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's, and let's um, perfect our understanding of these virtues through revelation, mm-hmm. right? Through the sacred scripture, the wisdom of the church, all of that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So it's like, it's a great example of the church finding something good and saying, Yes, let's use that. Mm-hmm. And this understanding of a virtue being a habitual and firm disposition. So that's like something inside of us, a habit. So it's like regular, just becomes part of who we are mm-hmm. and something that is like our natural reactions. It's like a habit, right? Mm-hmm. We oftentimes talk about bad habits, um, but habits can be good, right? Our, our habits to live these virtues, mm-hmm. right? So we, you know, we talk about smoking's a habit where I just, I kind of have to do it, right? Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what the, her, hopefully virtue is. So virtue is a habit and firm disposition to do the good. 
Right. And it, this, this whole section ends with it talking about how it's not easy for man wounded by sin to maintain moral balance, to live this life mm-hmm. of virtue. Like we all, we like by default, like our default setting really since the fall is this habit really to vice, right? To our own wants, our own desires, mm-hmm. our own passions. Um, and then like, like you said, and a habit to do wrong would be a vice, right? But we can form these habits to do good, to grow in right. virtue. And it's a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, you just decide I'm going to be a more virtuous person today. And then tomorrow you wake up and right. I'm, I'm the virtue of all virtue, right? <laughs> it's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like the, 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 um, our life's journeys to really grow in these habits, but eventually they do, right. they become habitual, <clears throat> um, you know, you don't have to maybe work at it as hard as you had to in the beginning. Right. You choose humility, or you choose love, or you choose empathy. Um, you know, you choose these things out of just habit. Mm-hmm. It's become a virtue. And the two, the two examples that oftentimes gets used by philosophers about the the education and the growth in virtue. One is language. So if you're going to learn a new language, you have to work at it, right? Mm-hmm. You have to learn the vocabulary. You have to learn sentence structure. You have to learn how to conjugate verbs. And so it, it it's it's exhausting. It's tiresome. But as you grow, it becomes not just memorization, but then actually you can, you can learn to inter- right? So you think about how you start and just like forcing trial, you know, mm-hmm. rules, dedicating time. But then you look at the perfection of learning a new language, it becomes a second language, right? It becomes something that you can not only like know, oh, I know what that word means, but you know, oh, in Mexico, for the word for car is this. But I know in, if I'm in Argentina, the word for car is this. And you can, you know, there's actually like, oh, this is an expression that means that, right? So it becomes like you can actually do it well. Mm. The other one is learning a musical instrument. So, you know, like when you learn how to play the piano, you've got to study, you've got to learn all the notes, you've got to just learn the basics of how to use your hands. But then eventually the ideal is that you can live, you can um, live a a perfection or maybe like a more perfect way of playing Mm -hmm. the piano, you know, of where you can sit down with music and, you know, or you can come up with music yourself, right? It's not just you learn how to do this when somebody teaches you, but you can actually create. Yeah. Um, so that's the education of virtue where it takes the time, it takes the effort. You have to learn about this virtue. You have to learn where it is in your life. And then it takes the growth in that virtue so that eventually it just becomes part of who you are. Mm -hmm. Earlier, we were talking about our friend, Father Jedediah Tridel Mm -hmm. and his ability to play the piano is probably a lot like this where Mm -hmm. he can, you know, had to struggle, had, had to try, but then he can play it and it's just Mm -hmm. marvelous and he can create. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes in the virtues life, right? We do we live these virtues and then it just becomes habitual, becomes part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And then we can actually be creative within the bond bounds of the virtue. Yeah. I've used the analogy too of um, just like sports, right? Mm. So, you know, you're learning like basketball, for example, I'm going to a big NBA game tonight with sure. some nephews of mine. Sure. But you know, these- I got world cup on my mind, so that's where I went, but <laughs> well, go ahead. so you have these, these professional athletes who are getting out there um, to just play the game and to play it well. They're not thinking dribble, pass, shoot, Right. Right. Pick up the ball, pass the ball. But when you're learning the fundamentals, that is exactly Mm -hmm. what you're learning. Right. The fundamentals of the game. But eventually you become so skilled in it that um, you just step out there and you do what's become ingrained in you. Mm -hmm. So same thing with virtues. So I, you know, early on in my um, my converted life, my walk with the Lord, when I really was becoming serious about wanting to like grow in virtue and grow in my life Mm -hmm. of faith, this was one of the very first things that I did. What like practically speaking was I took this quote, this 
beginning paragraph, 1803, and I put it on like an award document. So I always had it in front of me all year long. And then each month I dedicated to a different virtue, to mm. learning about that virtue, to growing in that virtue. When I would go to confession that month, that month I would do like a particular exam of like, okay, how have I been in this virtue? Um, and ultimately when you're doing that, when you're focusing on, you know, I want to grow in the virtue of humility, or this mm-hmm. is what my focus is, the Lord will shed lights on all the times you're not, right? Um, and so often confession was centered around, here's the way I've I've come up short in growing mm-hmm. in this virtue of humility. Um, and some virtues, you know, I'm like, oh, I need to do that another month. So we just sure. do that one again. And you just repeat them. And I, I did that for years, like three, four years, until eventually it became like simpler, right? And instead of like one each month and all of this, I could simplify the, right. the system a little bit. But rereading that again, I'm like, oh gosh, it, it took me back to yeah. that time. Like, yeah. And it was like learning that language, learning what that virtue is, learning what it means to be humble, mm-hmm. what it means to grow in charity, what it, you know, what these things are, and then actually practically allowing God's grace to infiltrate your life to grow you in that. Yeah. There's a lot of wisdom in that because mm-hmm. uh like look, you you took one at a time. Mm-hmm. It'd be like somebody saying, Well, this I, I want to learn how to play the piano, the guitar, the cello, and the organ, and let's do it all together. Mm-hmm. And we just can't do that, mm-hmm. right? And and then we get disheartened real easily. Yep. You know, if we try to do everything at once mm-hmm. instead of like the Lord's super patient, mm-hmm. right? And so we just, you know, okay, let's take humility this month. Mm-hmm. Courage, like, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, and you know, just proof that the Lord's grace is at work. Like when we open our hearts to him and, you know, we're prayerful and we want to grow in our relationship with him and we keep showing up, like he provides what you need. Oh, yeah. He's not like just going to leave you stranded. Yeah. So I, Good I'm, luck. I'm sure I heard that somewhere of like, hey, dedicate each month to a virtue. And I just took it and, you know, yeah. ran with that type of a thing. But um, so anyway, yes. So practical how to actually do that. It doesn't happen overnight, right? And some of these words like we're going to talk about here, the cardinal virtues might be things that you don't even know the definition of. So you begin Mm -hmm. there, like what does that actually mean? What is that virtue? So so continuing in 1804, human virtues are firm attitudes, stable dispositions, habitual perfections of intellect and will that govern our actions, order our passions, and guide our conduct according to reason and faith. They make possible ease, self-mastery, and joy in leading a morally good life. The virtuous man is he who freely practices the good. The moral virtues are acquired by human effort. They are the fruit and seed of morally good acts. They dispose all the powers of the human being for communion with divine love. There's a whole lot there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're kind of the firmness, the stable disposition. We already we talked about that, the habitual perfections but of the intellect and the will. So it's both things that we understand with our mind, but then actions that we choose with our, with our will, they order our passions. So like our passions, whether it's our, our passions for, for more food or our passions to be noticed or whatever it may be, like they, they order those and to say like the passions are in the passions are there's a section in here. I don't know if we've gotten to the passions yet, but it's, those are just the things that kind of naturally occur inside of us. Mm-hmm. We might call them emotions more mm-hmm. now that are neither good nor evil. Mm-hmm. It's what we do with them. So they order those though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what virtue does. But then I love this makes possible ease, self mastery and joy. Yeah. Cause oftentimes we think about like if somebody is following, leading a moral life, well, they're not happy because they're not able to indulge in all the good things of life. But actually the virtuous life, the catechism is telling us, an experience would, mm-hmm. of those who live a virtuous life, would say is the joyful life, mm-hmm. right? It's the happy life. It's the, the life where we're, we're in so many ways because we're full of God, um, but mm-hmm. we're in right relationship with others, mm-hmm. that really the, the virtuous life is the joyful life. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe it's not the indulgent life, mm-hmm. but is that really the happy life? Mm-mm. Right. Correct. And like a sad example, sorry, my, no, a sad example of that would be like how many movie movie stars, famous people mm-hmm. end up um, ending their own lives mm-hmm. and to say, well, what, what is the happy life? Mm-hmm. It's, it, that's a stark example, but mm-hmm. um, it gives a, a little bit of a, well, what's the joyful life? It, mm-hmm. It's the virtuous life, mm-hmm. the life of fallen Christ. Yeah, that rightly, that, that our interior life is rightly ordered, right? right? And we're, so we're not fighting against ourselves. We're not fighting against the world. We're not fighting mm-hmm. against the flesh. Um, at some point, even, you know, like, although evil is always fighting against us, even that loses its pull on us, right? Because you're, mm-hmm. you're walking closer yeah. and closer in the likeness of God. Um, and so you're more and more at peace. You, right. you take ownership of that. Um, and this, we hear, we talked about this a few episodes ago, but this self mastery thing again, right. And how mm-hmm. important that is in our moral lives and growing in the life of virtue and a silly example from my own life. You know, my, um, this Christmas week, like video games, right. A lot of extra screen time. It seems like this week. Mm-hmm. So my little guy was playing video games and then comes up and he wants to watch a show now on top of just being in front of a screen for an hour, hour and a half. So I said, no, cause we've been in screens and he like, right. He flips. He's like having like, I need to watch TV, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then it's my fault. Right. So then, sure. <laughs> then it was my fault. Um, it's your fault because you let me play video games too long. And when I play video games too long, then I want to just keep watching the television. And I said, yes, that's exactly how it works. So let's have a lesson on self mastery, five-year-old, since you're at this level, but that is how it works. The yeah. more we give our body, the more we let it indulge, the more it wants. So mm-hmm. the more you sleep in, the more you hit the snooze, you more, the more you want to sleep in, the more you eat, the more you want to eat, the more you uh, the more you pray, the more you want to pray. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, but that indulgence, and so like that, you have that craving, and your body wants more. And yeah. we've heard that said a million times, right? The the flesh is a a great servant, but yeah. a terrible master. And that's that self mastery is knowing when that you can say no. And so that yeah. was the lesson that day. That's right. That is how that works. And you can say no. And since you're so little, and it's really hard for you, that's why it's mom and dad's job to help you say right. no right now, <laughs> right? So that self mastery thing. Dang. Yeah. Right. Um, the moral virtues though are acquired by human effort. Mm-hmm. There's a, that's a good lesson too. Cause it's not like, all right, God, you do this in me, right? Mm-hmm. That it actually takes a whole lot of our cooperation, especially with the moral virtues mm-hmm. or the human virtues, because they are human actions. It's, you know, it's just like learning to play the violin, mm-hmm. learning a language, all of those different things, playing a sport takes our effort to grow in them. Mm-hmm. So that's right. Um, and then we talk uh, the next few paragraphs about the cardinal virtues. Mm. Four virtues play a pivotal role and accordingly are called cardinal. All the others are grouped around them. They are prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. Quiz show for you. Yeah, you're going to ask me cardinal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do we name these virtues after that red bird? Mm-hmm. You've said that before on this podcast, mm. and I forget. But it's something, it's the same reason that like... We call the cardinals the cardinals of the church, and um, something Cardo, about import, important. Cardo is the word for hinge, hinge. in Latin. Okay, so for the cardinals in the church, mm-hmm. the uh, the the virtue are the sorry the cardinals in the church. The election of the pope hinges upon them. Okay, and for these virtues, the rest of the virtues hinge upon these four. There you go. Yeah. Okay, and so why is the bird named that? Huh. Uh, be- because the cardinals wear red, and when they came to, when the settlers came to North America, like, hey, those uh, those uh, birds have the same colors as guys in Rome. Yeah. Okay. There you uh, go. So the birds were named after the people who share a common etymology with the virtues. Nice, 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 nice vocabulary there. Thanks. Early in the morning. <laughs> 
like it. Uh, so now we get definitions of these four. Hold on. Oh, but these yes. four actually get in uh, in Scripture, right? In the Book of Wisdom mentions these four. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone loves righteousness, wisdom's labors are virtues, for she teaches temperance and prudence, justice and courage. Mm-hmm. These virtues are praised amongst other names in Scripture. And that is a good thing. So you know, like courage and fortitude get the same name. Temperance and moderation are... Um, yeah, that there's a bunch of names for these ones mm-hmm. um, in sacred scripture. <coughs> you even think about, and even there are virtues that are subcategories of this. So, for example, the time we were talking about chastity, the virtue of chastity is a sub-virtue under temperance, about moderating the passions. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. The yeah. Vir- who knew the virtuous I know, it's life? Delight- be- we said that. It's a delightful little it, section it here. Is, oh. yeah. So prudence is the virtue that disposes practical reason to discern our true good in every circumstance and to choose the right means of achieving it. The prudent man looks where he is going. Keep sane and sober for your prayers. Prudence is, quote unquote, right reason in action, writes St. Thomas Aquinas following Aristotle, as you mentioned before. It's not to be confused with timidity or fear, nor with duplicity or dissimulation. Isn't this great? This next line. Yeah, you just, can take over from here. <laughs> I don't know exactly how to pronounce a G in Latin. Ariga virtu, virutum. Mm-hmm. The charioteer of the virtues, right? Mm-hmm. What a great little image mm-hmm. of prudence mm-hmm. charioteering the vir- virtues, mm-hmm. right? Like leading it, driving mm-hmm. that chariot where mm-hmm. it needs to go. Prudence. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, thinking of that practical reason to discern right reason and putting that into action. Yeah. So we can think about these things. We can weigh the options. We can know what the moral law is. We can, we can weigh that out. We can know the good, the true, the beautiful, and we can make a decision. That's prudent. Right. Prudently. Right. So, uh, I don't think I told you this, but I decided I'm going to start reading Les Miserables. You did tell me that. Did I tell you that? All right. I'm in the middle of the part. It's it's much longer by book than it is uh, the the movie or the musical. (laughs) Go figure. But anyways, I'm in the part where Jean Valjean Jean Valjean Valjean, uh, steals a loaf of bread, Mm -hmm. but he's got his he's got seven nieces and nephews that are hungry, and their father has passed, and they they don't have any food. Mm -hmm. And so, what's the right way to provide for them? Mm And as he reflects upon it later, he he should have just asked for a loaf of bread mm. rather than stealing a loaf of bread. So what's the practical thing that you do to do the good, mm. right? Feeding his um, his uh, his nieces and nephews is a good, but the ends don't justify the means, mm-hmm. right? So just because it's for a good end, that doesn't mean your means of achieving it. So prudence says, what's the right way to do this? Mm-hmm. That's the prudent action. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. The, it is prudence that immediately guides the judgment of conscience. The prudent man determines and directs his conducts, conduct in accordance with this judgment. With the help of this virtue, we apply moral principles to particular cases without error and overcome doubts about the good to achieve and the evil to avoid. Mm-hmm. So it's taking principles, mm-hmm. right? Do good, avoid evil, and applying them in particular situations. Mm-hmm. That's prudent. Mm-hmm. So it's practical reason, as St. Thomas Aquinas talked about it. Yep. Good. Charioteer of all the virtues. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, thank you for doing that. Okay, justice. Justice is the moral virtue that consists in the constant and firm will to give their due to God and neighbor. Justice toward God is called the virtue of religion. Justice toward men disposes one to respect the rights of each and to establish in human relationships the harmony that promotes equity with regard to persons and to the common good. The just man often mentioned in the sacred scriptures is distinguished by habitual right thinking and the uprightness of his conduct toward his neighbor. Okay, so justice, the moral virtue that consists in constant and firm will to give their due to God and to their neighbor. Mm-hmm. Basically, they treat in fairness. Mm-hmm. So if you think like going to Mass on Sunday falls under the falls under the category of justice. We give God his due one day a week. Mm-hmm. That's what he asks. Mm-hmm. Seems rather small, you know, mm-hmm. one hour out of 168. Mm-hmm. Anyways, neither here nor there. But to think about like there is justice that we have due towards the Lord, even if that's giving, you know, 10% of our income, whatever mm-hmm. that may be. But then there's justice treating others fairly, giving them their due, mm-hmm. each and every individual person. So that would be like charity towards our neighbor falls under that mm-hmm. category of justice, giving mm-hmm. people their due. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. That yeah. might, I, out of these, that might be one of the easier ones, I think, to understand, right? Mm-hmm. Just having that heart, that human empathy, and, and uh, of course, your compassion and giving God your, his due as well. Yeah. But you see the, the different virtues working together because mm-hmm. you're like, well, we have to give somebody their due. What's the prudent way to do that, yep. right? Like, what's, you know, um, if somebody sees Jean Valjean, whose family's hungry, mm-hmm. what's the prudent way that they should care for other people? Mm-hmm. Well, should they steal a loaf of bread? Well, no, we're trying to give justice. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, they all just yeah. kind of work in harmony together. Mm-hmm. It's, right. it's a symphony. Yes, right, yeah. right. Um, fortitude in 1808. Fortitude is the moral virtue that ensures firmness in difficulties and constancy in the pursuit of the good. Mm. It strengthens the resolve to resist temptations and to overcome obstacles in the moral life. The virtue of fortitude enables one to conquer fear, even fear of death, and to face trials and persecutions. It disposes one even to renounce and sacrifice his life in defense of a just cause. The Lord is my strength and my song. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Fortitude. Courage, Mm -hmm. you know, is another word that we call that. And maybe this actually is probably a good place uh, to to talk about something else that Aristotle talked about in in regards to uh, to virtue is that virtue lies often in the mean between two extremes. So virtue lies in the middle. Mm-hmm. So you think about that with courage, and this just comes up with a conversation I had with somebody in the past week um, about like courage in the midst of difficulty. So on the one hand, there could be like timidity and fear, like I'm not going to do that difficult thing. What, what will people think of me or it's going to cost or, or, you know, um, I'll be, I'll be noticed or whatever. And then there's another option where it's like foolhardiness. I think it gets translated as mm-hmm. where we're actually a bit brash. So let's say, for example, if I climbed up a ladder, that's not terribly sturdy without anybody there to hold it. That's not really courage, that's stupidity, mm-hmm. right? And th- that can happen with our, you know, foolhardy, right? Um, I'm going to put my life on the line when it's really not necessary to put your mm-hmm. life on the line, right? Mm-hmm. So so virtue lies in the middle between timidity and being foolhardy. And you mm-hmm. can you could talk about that in all of these virtues mm-hmm. or in, in every aspect of life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being, being overly bold, but being overly cautious, right? So mm-hmm. virtue lies in the middle. Um, we talk about this with married or engaged couples, mm-hmm with the virtue of tenderness and like kind of like the compassion that 
couples are supposed to show to each other. On the one hand, you can be a bit distant, right? But on the other way, you can be smothering, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're just all up in each other's grill and you're insecure when this person isn't with you or giving you attention. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, like we gotta we gotta mm-hmm. find the middle there. Mm-hmm. So another wisdom of Aristotle picked up by the by um by the church. Mm-hmm. Virtue lies in the mean. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. That's right. Firmness in difficulties, constancy in the pursuit of the good. We're hearing that too, like this constant effort, constancy. This is this is what a virtue is, that constant, right? That constant mm. firm disposition to do the good. Like you don't just do it today. You wake up and you resolve with your intellect and with your will to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, 1809 temperance is the moral virtue that moderates the attraction of pleasures and provides balance in the use of created goods. It ensures the will's mastery over instincts and keeps desires within the limits of what is honorable. The temperate person directs the sensitive appetites toward what is good and maintains a healthy discretion. Do not follow your inclination and strength walking according to your desires, the desires of your heart. Temperance is often praised in the Old Testament. Do not follow your base desires, but restrain your appetites. In the New Testament, it is called moderation or sobriety. We ought to live sober, upright, and godly lives in this world. Temperance, the virtue that moderates the attraction of pleasures, provides balance in the use of created goods. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did I need that third cookie yesterday? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I justified it because it was Christmas. So like, <laughs> we you are know, feasting. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's right. let's maybe not get too pra- practical there. Right. But even temperance is one that you also find that virtue lies in the mi- middle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So in 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 relationship with food, right? You mm-hmm. can indulge. Gluttony could be too much. Although also could be not eating sufficient for our body. Mm-hmm. Even exercise, you know, mm-hmm. like there can be too much exercise. There can be too little exercise. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that, that temperance, the, the moderation of, uh, of life. We hear in this um, paragraph, too, the word appetites, and we talked earlier mm. about passions. So am I right in that those kind of are talking about the same thing, like they the passions are. or our appetites, yeah. Um, yeah, like these things that we're, we're uh, drawn to or that we're inclined to? And again, they're not necessarily wrong in and of themselves, but they can become disordered, right? Mm-hmm. So an appetite for... Um, I don't know, telling people what to do. And I do. (laughs) And it can can become very, very disordered where I'm just pushing people around and not listening to others, that type of stuff that needs to be rightly ordered. Right. But it's also, oftentimes they come, because remember, we are made in the image and likeness of God. So they come from good places, Mm -hmm. right? For, because oftentimes, you know, you think about bossiness. Well, that could be because there's a strong sense of justice, right? This is what's fair. This is what's right. But it can come, it gets a little twisted when it comes Mm -hmm. out and it can get in like being overly demanding Mm -hmm. and critical or whatever, pushy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if we hit this. I've got some underlines in it, but the passions. The term passion belongs to the Christian patrimony. Feelings or passions are emotions or movements of the sensitive appetite that incline us to act or not in regard to something felt or imagined to be good or evil. Okay. Yeah. So that's 1763. Not okay. in the section we're talking about. A uh-huh. couple, couple paragraphs So before. passions fall under the category of sensitive appetites. Mm-hmm. So sensitive what does that mean? Sensitive, like something we sense, yeah, internally, yeah. right? Feelings, okay, basically, okay. So there's these aspects of of part of us: mm-hmm. the sensitive appetites, the passions, mm-hmm. the intellect, and the will. Mm-hmm. 
The faculties. The okay. faculties of the soul. Okay. Okay. Very good. All right. So temperance. Okay. Moderation. Sobriety. Balance, sobriety. Yes. Okay. Great. Um, then we have this great quote in here by uh, St. Augustine then. To live well is nothing other than to love God with all one's heart, with all one's soul, and with all one's efforts. From this it comes about that love is kept whole and uncorrupted through temperance. No misfortune can disturb it, and this is fortitude. It obeys only God, and this is justice, and is careful in discerning things so as not to be surprised by deceit or trickery, and this is prudence. There you go. All right there. There's our life. Moral <laughs> life right there. Right. And that's what, what we're saying there. To live well is nothing other than to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, right? And so how do we do that? If, we're, if we are um, inclined by our vices, right? Mm-hmm. If we're operating by our vices, we have these bad habits, quote unquote, and they're controlling us, well, then we're not giving God all of our love with all of our heart, all of our souls, and all of our efforts. So that's why we need to work on this, right? And cooperate with the grace to, again, it takes human effort embedded with God's grace to actually grow in the virtuous life. But mm-hmm. that's why we're doing that. Mm-hmm. So we can actually give God his due yeah, right. with all of us. So Right. I think it's a good reminder because sometimes we just think of the moral life as like checklist of do we do do we sin, Mm -hmm. right? But it's actually the Lord wants to build something inside of us. Mm -hmm. He wants to build a virtuous life. Mm -hmm. And so this section is just a great reminder of that. So good. These last two paragraphs are under, (coughs) excuse me, the headings of the virtue and grace. And it's kind of stuff that we've we've hit already, Mm -hmm. but the human virtues are acquired by education, by deliberate acts, and by perseverance ever renewed and repeated efforts are purified and elevated by divine grace. With God's help, they forge character and give facility in the practice of the good. The virtuous man is happy to practice them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, education, deliberate acts, perseverance, ever renewed in repeated efforts, purified and elevated by divine grace. So not happening overnight. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not. Be patient with yourselves, mm-hmm. but don't lose courage. That's right, right. It is not easy for man wounded by sin to maintain moral balance. Christ's gift of salvation offers us the grace necessary to persevere in the pursuit of the virtues. Everyone should always ask for this grace of light and strength. Frequent the sacraments, cooperate with the Holy Spirit, and follow his calls to love what is good and shun evil. Yeah. There you have it. There you have it. Gosh. The human virtues. Prudence, justice, fortitude, temperance. The cardinal virtues that play the pivotal role okay yes yeah anything else i think that's covers the virtues okay you got anything else you look like you're pondering pondering ponder actually i it should have done this at the start if Mm -hmm. if we are kind of putting a bow on this Mm -hmm. uh i I do need to give a shout out to my godmother who i found out at our christmas family christmas she listens to the podcast yeah so Anne Anne, thanks for listening yeah Yeah. thank you for listening yeah yeah I wonder if that means my Uncle Dave does, too. Her husband's my godfather. So Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he's also my confirmation sponsor. Ooh. So they, uh, they've been, you know, the picture of godparents, really. Mm. So they were also, they lived just a couple streets over, so we'd be at their house all mm. the time growing up. And yeah, their daughters babysat. Nice. For us. Yeah. Oh. And Ann and Uncle Dave. Shout out. Shout out. Praise Anne. God for good godparents. That's right. That's <laughs> good right. Good holy godparents. That's Thanks, awesome. Mom and Dad, for picking them. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, shout out. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, 
The in brief section, there's quite a few paragraphs that just summarize everything, but they're short ones. Virtue is a habitual and firm disposition to do good. Human virtues are stable dispositions of the intellect and the will that govern our acts, order our passions, and guide our conduct in accordance with reason and faith. They can be grouped around the four cardinal virtues, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. Um, and then there's definitions of those four. And then the moral virtues grow through education, deliberate acts, and perseverance in struggle. Divine grace purifies and elevates them. What about that? They grow in the struggle. As you persevere in the struggle, the virtues grow even more. That's true. That's encouraging. That is, yeah. Because so much you think, I'm struggling to grow in this, and that's so defeating. Well, no. No, that means it's happening, (laughs) right? right. And you'd say the same thing with, like, you know, your sports analogy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're struggling, and you don't hit every one of your free throws. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. how you grow in Mm -hmm. your your ability. That's right. Yeah. Good. You want to know why this is a perfect... Christmas time? I do. Yeah, because we learn that virtues are stable. Jesus was born in a stable. You have got three really... Oh, I got one. The Holy Spirit and the liturgy. (laughs) Wow, the disgust in this room at that terrible pun. (laughs) Patron saint in the running with patron saint of dad jokes, his mug says. Well done. Well done. Thanks. Okay, thanks. can you repeat that again? I was still yeah, distracted Yeah, yeah, we're going to be that. the Holy Spirit and the liturgy, which is 1091 to 1109. Okay. Holy How's Spirit the Holy Spirit at work in the liturgy? Okay. All right, and we began with um, quoting scripture there, Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you.